0: God says when the troubles come, he said fight. You can't fight, he said withstand. You can't withstand, he said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What, don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book and I, I love the Bible. doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Yeah. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit, because our daddy did it fast for and our granddaddy did it like that, let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same the same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist.
1: Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad that you're here. Uh, I am the pastor of the Family Baptist Church in Columbia, Tennessee, and vice president of Independent Baptist Online College. And uh, this podcast, we have a few different things that we want to do with it. And I've been excited over the um, years now, a couple years, we've been doing this to be able to try to do these things. One is a a pushback on all the people teaching and going the wrong direction. Um, That's originally I saw so much of that stuff out there, and then it was hurting a lot of people. I didn't hear anyone doing a a good job of biblically, logically. Pushing back on that. And so um, I wanted to do that. And also to interview good fundamental Baptist pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. And then also to encourage pastors to go forward with sound doctrine and to win the world to Christ. That's our job. When somebody asks me, hey, Pastor Baker, what's your goal? Uh, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? I don't know any other one than to win the world to Christ. I mean, that's what God has called us to do. And uh, a lot of times we don't quote dream or vision that big, but I don't think it's a dream or vision. I think it's a command. That's what God's command to do, and that's what we're supposed to think about. And one of those things of the way to do that is to help people that are already far down the path, pastors and churches, and help them to uh, understand that's our job, to fix the problems, like uh, Paul told uh, Titus to set in order the things that are wanting, to try to help us to be able to do more for God, fix the problems that we have. And so uh, we have been trying to do that. So in this podcast today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We took a week off for Christmas and holidays. Hope you guys had a great time with your family. Uh, I think we ended up with nine different Christmas parties at our house, nine. Okay? You got the women's Christmas party, the teen Christmas party, our men's home Christmas party, and different other ones, and ministry and then family. And my um, wife left me after the first, after the fifth party, um, but we believe she's going to come back, okay? So pray for that. I'm just joking. She um, is a true but uh, it was a lot. So we took one week off and we're in the middle of a series on Calvinism. Uh, We did uh, the first one on why we disagree with all five points of Calvinism. Then we're gonna take and do one on each point and we got two of those done. We're in a part two of number two and uh, my son Jonathan is doing those with me and he is out of town uh, visiting his wife's family in Pennsylvania. And so I wanted to do this anyway so it seemed like a great time to be able to do it. uh, Calling it a year in review, okay? A year in review. And it's been more than a year. But I know some people are new to this, you've not uh, seen the podcast, and I want to be able to give you the things that are in the back, and I'm not going to give you which episode because uh, uh, Apple has it on one level and we have it on another level, and they counted us starting at number four for whatever reason, and depending on what you listen to, uh, where you listen to these, you'll find different numbers on it. But I want to give you the topics, and it's uh, pretty easy to scroll down and scroll through them. Uh, if you like one of them, I mentioned in the beginning, that's probably in the beginning of the podcast, so will start from the beginning, if you want one I mentioned later on. Then do that. Gonna give you two different lists. One of interviews that we did, I'll do that last. And those are scheduled out in the last couple years. But the other one we're gonna do is just the topics. And I'll talk a little bit about them and uh, try to make you hopefully curious where you say, you know what, I'm gonna go check that out. I'm gonna go listen to that. I think a lot of them we need to and to be able to get help. So we started in the beginning, there was this new doctrine called the New Covenant. And I did two podcasts on that, Heresies. And I think they're good, logical, biblical of how to know when something Things not sound. One of the things I talk about probably more than anything is sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? The Bible talks about sound doctrine four or five times. Sound doctrine has no holes in it. It's a ship that's sound. There's no holes in this. You can ask any question of what about, what about, what about in any doctrine, and if it's sound doctrine, there'll be no holes in it. You can answer those. For instance, eternal security is sound doctrine. We're saved by grace through faith is sound doctrine. You can throw any verse, any illustration, any story, whatever you want, And biblically, it's gonna be sound. You'll find no holes in that. And so many times our doctrine has holes in it in this new covenant we were under. And it was just crazy wild stuff from good guys who went to good colleges who started listening to the wrong people and ended up a mess. And so we started off talking about those things, did two podcasts on that. And praise the Lord, that podcast shut down and it didn't keep going on and uh, confusing and messing up more people. And and I'm glad for that. I'm not trying to hurt them, um, but that doctrine, was false doctrine it was heresy and we want sound doctrine not heretical doctrine and so uh, you can start off uh, listening to those and given to change uh, boy in our society we see so many preachers changing and we talked about that an assistant pastor of mine episode zero talk about why this new independent fundamental baptism whatever you want to call it um, the changing of direction and we think that's something new and fresh it's not as old i came out of that i came out of the woke I came out of the it's okay to drink. I came out of the liberal uh, standards and more world. I I came out of that. And so it's not something new and given to change. You don't think it's any big deal, but where you wake up, you're not going to like it. My assistant pastor, that was in conservative, Christian, fundamental, far to the right on things, started changing, changing, changing. He's an agnostic now. His son, full blown atheist. His son, alcohol, drugs, bisexual, a mess. How does that happen? We're given to change. You've got some mental knot with them. You ought to hear those things. Really, really helpful. Legalism, one of the most important ones. You hear it all the time, and most people don't have a clue what legalism is. When you define a word, you make sure you have to define it in context of what you're talking about, the different types of legalism, okay? Um, theological legalism is what we're talking about, and the definition of that is adding works to grace for salvation, Okay, that's the definition. By the way, you can't find legalism in Webster's 1828 dictionary because this wasn't a a word back then. It was added in later. In every older dictionary you look at, that's the definition of it. But we change it and we add things in. And people today make it to mean if you have any standard at all that's right to the right of their standard, you're a legalist. You're a legalist. Legalism is saying any of those standards you have to do to be saved. Um, That's what legalism is, and everybody has a standard. I really want you to listen to that if you have not. Everyone has a standard. I don't like it when our guys, independent, fundamental, Baptist guys, man, that guy ain't got no standards. Yes, he does. His standards may have dropped and it may not be biblical standards, but he still has standards. He doesn't let people come and sit in naked, topless in his church service, okay? They have a standard. It may not be biblical or it may have dropped down. And so when you say, oh, he's got a standard, he's a legalist, no, you have a standard too. It's just a different level of what you allow and what you're okay with. And so it is wrong to be able to. To say if someone has a standard, it's legalism. You need to listen to that. Uh, legalism for the police officer. Uh, he pulled you over. Do you know I pulled you over? No, I, I wasn't speeding. Yep. The clock's at 56. The speed limit's 55. Exactly. You're a mile over. You broke the law and I'm writing you a ticket. That is a police officer legalism, the legal letter of the law. You were breaking the law, 56, Belém is 55, okay? That's theological legalism. I go through and show you all the different types of legalism and what theological legalism is and what theological liberal uh, legalism is not. Very, very important. Okay, tithing, we talk about that. That's an issue that always comes up. Oh, it's Old Testament and oh, it's just a law and we don't have to do that today. You need to hear that. It is so sound biblically and doctrinally and it will help you and it'll help your people. And the King James Bible inspired, okay. Part of the thing I'm throwing these things out there and you're gonna think, oh, he's a mess and a heretic. Go listen to these. King James Bible, is it inspired? Uh, People say, if I believe it's inspired, then I believe in double inspiration and I believe God audibly spoke to the uh, translators. And 16, no, I don't believe that. But I believe the King James Bible is inspired, how? Because we wrongly define the word inspired. We define the word inspired, here we go, you ready? As God breathed, and that is not the definition of inspiration in the Bible, God breathed. Because if that is true, then the guys, I'm not going to name them now, they're right when they say the Bible, English, can never be inspired because only the languages God breathed, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, can be inspired. Those are the only original languages. That's not the definition of inspired. How do we get our definition? From God from the Bible. And I give you six different ways to define inspiration biblically. It is powerful. You need to hear that. And alcohol, boy, that's a gigantic thing these days, alcohol. I think it was very solid, very well done. I jokingly say in the beginning, look, there's not a lot of things I'm an expert in, but this one, I'm an expert, okay? I'm an expert. How come? I came out of that world, okay? We drank every day. I came out of it world i lived in that world for years and years and then i got done i haven't touched it for 35 years but I've been around it every week of my life, being a chaplain at a jail, having three different men's homes, helping guys to build their life back together, seeing guys that literally got alcohol poisoning uh, and died, seeing guys that were coming off alcohol and died. I've been there, I've seen that. If you knew, and if you could see what was happening medically, you would understand that alcohol was not good, okay? And it is not good. Um, Listen to the podcast. Um, The problem is people say, well, it's okay to drink as long as you don't get drunk. what's drunk the technical word for drunk is intoxicated got it agree go look at northwest university medical center when they explain what happens to what happens uh, when alcohol hits a body subliminal intoxication less than one drink go check it out and um, I, I try to be kind on these because I want to have a good spirit and an attitude, but you, uh, you guys who have gone to alcohol and think it's okay and justified because, quote, Jesus turned the water into wine and justified drinking of alcoholic wine is okay, you do not know what you're talking about. You're justifying it for yourself because you like the buzz. You like the taste. You like being cool with it. There's no, no biblical answer for that. So go back and list those, um, uh, number one and number two. And I'm amazed how much we don't get pushed back on these because I believe when you listen to them, you go... Yeah, I think he's probably right on that. It's not he's right, it's God's right, okay? Um, but uh, to be able to justify it like that, you cannot do it and uh, you better not, you're gonna create a lot more problems in your life and in your family and with your children. So go check that one out, okay? All right, so um, all right. So uh, next one, repentance, okay? So important, um, I'm not trying to be downgrading or putting people down, but English, logic, and sound doctrine. English, logic, and sound doctrine. Dr. House used to tell us the most important class we get in college is uh, English. Like, what? Are you kidding? He said, a preacher with a salt will learn the Bible. But you need to understand English so you can understand the Bible. And so many people don't. They don't understand. When you say repentance, and the definition is to turn from your sin, okay, you are defining a verb, not with just an adverb but another verb, you're defining it with a prepositional phrase and it doesn't make sense. You can't do that. Go listen to that with some brain and logic. And by the way, when you define repentance as to turn from your sin and then you say God repented, put in the definition of repentance and that's what you do with the definition. You can take the word out, replace it with the definition. If repentance is to turn from your sin and God repented, then God turned from his sin. What do you do with that? Please be intellectually honest to go, okay, that's probably not the definition of it, okay? Understand what the definition of repentance is instead of just preaching, preaching, okay? Have a little intellectual honesty and look and see, well, okay, yeah, we probably got it wrong on that. All right, next, family and children is so much a part. Wife and I have been married 33 years, we a great marriage. We have 11 children, all from the Lord. It is not easy, and it has not been easy, okay? Uh, but it's so much a part of our ministry. Um, if I don't have a good marriage or I have to lose my marriage, my ministry is going to hinder. It's going to suffer a lot. If I lose my kids, I'm still going to preach and serve God and win souls, but it's going to hinder my ministry, and it is for you too. We really need to make sure our children and family. In fact, I have a, a personal podcast totally on that called The Wisdom for Life. Life podcast. You can look it up every week, 10 minutes, 15 minutes on children, child rearing, marriage. It's helpful. It's important. You don't think it is. Lose them and then see how important it is. There's guys that would do anything in the world they could to get their kids back or get their family back. We need to make sure we focus on that. And I really like this one. I didn't have anything to do with this one. Tim and Matt Peterson, young preachers in their 20s. They did two podcasts on why they chose to be an independent fundamental Baptist preacher and why young preachers ought to choose that. Not everybody has to go woke not everybody has to go into the moon new modern whatever that is um see two guys and they have i think 10 reasons why they chose to be independent fundamental baptist really good all right politics in the country uh, we know washington is not going to save the country but uh, uh it's sure going to destroy it and we need to do what we can in that area also. Sometimes people say, oh, separate church and state, we're not supposed to have anything to do with that. Then you do not understand separation of church and state. You do not understand the history of the United States of America, okay? God and the Bible and preachers were all involved in it. And if we are not, we are losing our country. We are losing it. We will totally lose it. All right, then we did a podcast on restoration with Dave Howes. Uh, Dave Howes, as he admits, and has a whole program and uh, following called Fallen in Grace. He fell 40-plus years ago, fell, messed up his life, went through divorce. He and Brendan have been married now, I think, 38 years and have a great ministry, great marriage. We work with them to help restore people when they fall christians and pastors it's greatly criticized and guess what (laughs) i don't care (laughs) how come because it's right to restore the bible says brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault you as your spiritual restore such and one in the spirit of meekness why considering thyself lest thou also be tempted it's amazing the worst critics of people that fell are usually the ones that fall because in their pride they're condemning someone and their pride lifts them up and that comes before a fall be careful If you disagree, disagree quietly (laughs) and pray that we can help and restore people. By the way, most of the time, the restoration is in their marriage and with God. However God uses them after that, that's up to God. That's up to, up, up to us. We don't put them back into a ministry. What we do is restore them to God and restore them to their family and to their marriage. That's our job. That's what we work on. The rest is God's. Leave it up to him. Really good podcast. Listen to it in, in an open-minded um, way and see what you think. There are too many fallen preachers, too many fallen Christians out there that are that are not being used by God because The church and the people, the churches and the people won't let them. And uh, they kick them when they're down. The stories just are incredible. And I don't believe it's supposed to be that way. There's too many fallen people in the Bible that God used again and again and again. We are trying to see how we can disqualify someone for ministry. Are you kidding? God knows all he has is men, fallen men. Look at the fallen men in the Bible that God used. And, and, And tell me that this person's not qualified because they sinned. Okay. (laughs) By the way, if we knew everything that went on in your mind, you would never be allowed to preach from a pulpit anywhere, okay? Uh, the best of men are men at best. Listen to that, give it a chance, and uh, help restore people. Then uh, sometimes people think I'm just, you know, Independent fundamental Baptist blasting on all the liberals and things out there. Honestly, it's not. There's a lot of them that are against Independent Baptist. I heard this years ago, tithing on gifts, started doing it. And then Bible, biblically, like this does not make sense that a whole One Bible study on that, we're supposed to tithe on our increase. What is increase? Well, if I didn't have it before and I have it now, then I increase, that must be increase. That's logical increase, that's not biblical increase. Words have definitions. Look and see what the Bible says, the definition of increase is, and tithe on that. It's totally different. Listen to that, it will help you, and it will help your church. When we changed our church on this, just going changing by the Bible, it's amazing how much it blessed our church financially. Our buildings paid off, there's money in the bank. We don't have the financial problems that we had before. God blessed our church. Um, by that, where did Jesus go when he died? Okay, I've seen so many people criticize and heretics and and things um, to believe what I believe, but yet when they listen to it, they go, "Huh." And I'm not going to go into it. Just listen to it. Where did Jesus go when he died? And then, seriously, you want to have a phone conversation with me? I'll give you my phone number and, and let me know where I'm off on that. It's very simple, very biblical, very logical. Jesus had a body and a soul and a spirit. Where did his body go? The tomb. Where did his spirit go? Father, unto thee I commit my spirit. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Where did his soul go? Psalm 16 and Acts 2, thou shalt not leave my soul in hell. Well, there's two divisions of it. Listen to it and then see if you still think that, okay? Then we did one on have we made Greek a God? <laughs> have we made Greek a God? What's your final authority? Well, the Bible. Um, which one? Oh, King James Bible, okay. What do you do in the Greek disagrees with the King James Bible? By the way, I just heard yesterday from a guy, and uh, he said, yep, I've changed so much of what I believe. When I started looking into all the Greek and Hebrew roots, I changed so much of what I believe. When you look at the Greek and Hebrew roots, and who is your final authority? Moulton, Breyer, Briggs, Stratton, (laughs) Knaves? The person who put that book together is your final authority. I'm sorry, my final authority is the King James Bible. What do you do when the King James Bible disagrees with the Greek? Oh, well, it doesn't. Yes, they do. All of them do. Well, I'm a Texas Receptus guy. Which one? What do you mean? Which which Texas Receptus? No, there, there's only one. Can I kindly say you're an idiot? I'm sorry, you're ignorant. You're misinformed, okay? There's six different strains, at least six different strains of the text Receptus. And each strain has multiple different editions of it. There is no, quote, the Texas Receptus. You and I were taught wrong. There is no the Texas Receptus. Ask any of them. By the way, the guys at RTR guys, I've asked them this question. Very simple. When the King James Bible disagrees with the Greek, which one's right? They will not answer it. When the King James Bible disagrees with the Greek, which is right? Simple. King James. <laughs> There's, they won't answer it. I believe in, uh, in inspiration and preservation. Okay, good, me too. Now, which one's right? <laughs> they won't answer it, okay? Guys who speak at these national conferences that are TR guys, and I've asked them that question, I asked them five times in a row, and he wouldn't answer it, wouldn't answer it. Okay, we've made Greek a God. I'm sorry, uh, the word of God is the final authority for us, not what some corrupt guy, <laughs> study Moulton, and see who he and his grandfather and his father and grandfather were and see what they believed and then see what his definitions were. That was the lexicon we were given in Bible college. I didn't know that. Exactly. What's your authority? The Bible. Uh, then your worldview. How do you view the world through the lenses of the Bible? Uh, very, very important. Then interracial marriage from the Bible. Brother Baker, you didn't go there. I did. <laughs> I did, I went there. racial marriage from the Bible. Uh, this would probably get me in more trouble with the brethren than anybody, but listen, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what my best friend in the ministry thinks. I don't care what a guy that hates me thinks. I don't care, I only care what the Bible says. Listen to that and see if you can see anything else different. It is so biblical. God put the genealogies in the Bible for a reason. We may skim through them, but when you look at them, ooh, 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 you cannot justify what people teach on that, you can't, it's just racism. It's just prejudice. We prejudge based on the color of someone's skin. You cannot base that in the Bible by what God talks about. You cannot. And um, I had one guy message me and uh, he said, I disagree. He's definitely not an independent fundamental Baptist. I disagree with almost everything you teach on that podcast. But that one, man, you nailed it. <laughs> and, um, and so the other ones he has a prejudice against, but that one, he realized, okay, that's Bible. All right, we did another one with Dave Howells interviewing on his dad. Um, all the false criticisms his dad gets, and we did an interview, and it was very, very good, very healthy. We need Dr. Howells' influence in our churches. We need his books, his sermons, his influence, his philosophy. We need that. And so you get, after he's dead, you know, people pile on with a false accusation that came while he was alive. Not one woman ever accused him, ever, of anything inappropriate. Not one ever accused him. And uh, the people who did make up these things, look and see the agendas that they had against him. Look and see. There were gigantic agendas that they had. But uh, listen, I think you'll enjoy it. And then we did three on, on, uh, on sound doctrine, one, two, and three. Really helpful, really good. Um, it's just clarifying doctrine. Love doctrine. Love the Bible. Sound doctrine. No holes in it at all. You really need to listen to those. They're scriptures that people do not understand. They just read them and they took what somebody else interpreted, but they never compared it with the Bible, with the Bible and logic to get that. Really important. Uh, we did one on preaching, okay? Expository, topical, textual. Uh, we did one just on preaching. It's amazing how they've made it to be oh yeah you can only preach the word verse by verse through the bible and i always joke and say yeah just like jesus did did he ever do that never oh just like paul did did he ever do that never oh just like peter did did he ever do that never they had the old testament they could have taught verse by verse through the old testament they didn't they preached topical sermons and used scripture as reference for the sermon that they were preaching Okay, that's our example. That's our example. Um, anyway, you listen to that one. All right, lordship, salvation, important. Same thing. How people mess up that he is the Lord. You can't make him the Lord. And if you try to make him the Lord to be saved, that's a work salvation. We did three on signs and tongues. Really, really big. We'll do some more on that in the future. For- uh, this deliverance quote ministry that's out there. But signs and tongues, really important, biblical. I've had, um, there's so much confusion on this. And I had a guy message me and said, that was the clearest um, understanding of that I've ever seen. It's logical, it's biblical. When you listen to that, you go, I got it. What most people do is just have a cessation. It's, you oh, all that stuff ended. they were all true and they're all sign gifts and they, they all ended and we don't have those anymore. And that's how they get by with that. You can't biblically get by with that because some of those things God still does. Does God still heal? Of course, James. Well, that was a sign gift. Then how come in James, he told us we're supposed to pray and anoint them with oil, that they would be healed, okay? It's a dangerous thing to say that cessationism and all that stuff is done. It's not dangerous when you understand what tongues is biblically, it all makes sense. Okay, Then we did one, Easy Believism, with Dr. Bob Gray. The criticism of that, that's really big. We did one with uh, King James Bible with uh, Stephen Shutt. Uh, he works with A.V. Publications and Gail Ripplinger. He's his mother-in-law um, and uh, great stuff. We did one with Justin Daniel on Winning Hindus to Christ. Young man in Bible college, a friend with my boys. And a great guy, came down and uh, taught Sunday school on this and had him do a podcast on it. Uh, then we did one with uh, John MacArthur. Actually, two with John MacArthur. Um, he wasn't live, but we had a uh, video of his on the blood and um, my assistant pastor that I mentioned that went uh, totally the wrong way the first thing we had an issue on was this John MacArthur he said John MacArthur wasn't a heretic and he believed right on the blood and I got out what he said his letter went through it word for word and showed him that and that was his first departure and mess up it is a big issue and it is a mess and uh, I did want a correction because I said that John MacArthur had the Shepherd's College it was actually the Master's College so I did another one correction and I uh, clarified um, the truth of the blood also and uh, some things that people criticize for answered those we did one very simply on choose heaven today it's a new um uh, website and uh, uh i plan on having 50 to 100 different languages of plan salvation on that working on that now but the english is up and you can use that to pass on to people all right um the expository preaching one was so fun we did one on expository preaching is expository preaching creating heretics is expository preaching, creating heretics. I was listening to a podcast by a guy and he goes, yep, I was doing John six, verse by verse. And I came across where it said that you cannot come to the Father unless God draws them. And like, okay, yep, that's it. I'm a, I'm a Calvinist. <laughs> if he would have done a topical study on that subject, he would have seen where Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This he said signifying what death he would die. When I got lifted up from the earth, the cross, okay, what death he would die, I will draw all men unto me. And then we have a choice to accept him or reject him. It's amazing how a topical, systematic study of that would fix the problem created by his wrong understanding when he was doing expository teaching and studying for that. Did one on the shiny happy people, on the Duggars, the um, uh, one that came out with them and trying to, I think they're good people. I think they make mistakes just like every parent makes mistakes. I think they're sincere. And uh, to see the agenda from the people that put that together, they're not just trying to tear down the Duggars. They're trying to tear down everything that we believe, the family, the structure, the patriarchy, that there's a father that's the authority over that home. They're trying to tear all that down. They're trying to tear down homeschooling. They're trying to tear down having a lot of children. They're trying to tear down all of that stuff. And, uh, and you better be careful jumping on those bandwagons. It's easy to say, no parent's perfect, and they did some things, say, not the best way, but not to tear down a whole group. Um, it's a bad thing, okay? And by the way, the God's got through it. I've never met him, never read anything from him, not defending him. I don't know anything else about him, uh, but I think it's wrong when people jump on and try to use someone's uh, heartache about their children against him. And um, getting some criticism uh, about me. And I, again, I say I'm not the uh, issue here at all. But if you've heard junk and garbage, I answered some things there. Uh, if you haven't heard junk and garbage, you don't need to listen to that. But if you want to, you can. Um, just being honest, I've got nothing to hide. You got a question about something, I'm glad to answer it. Uh, then is Jesus God? I did some ones on helping people to be saved. Really important you need to understand that issue um, to witness to Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and other people that have been affected by that? Then is baptism essential to salvation? That's really a big deal, and uh, especially in our area, but so many churches believe you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. We answered that. Then the stages and fall of restoration. We're helping some people to be restored, like we talked about, and get some criticism that, oh, they're not repentant, and uh, so nobody would help them. Show me that in the verse. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, you are are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering that stuff. Where does it say, if they're repentant? Well, you just know that. No, (laughs) because I'm to restore people to work and start on restoring people when they're not repentant. If someone fell and they're not repentant and their heart and a wall's up, what do I do? I write them and let them know I love them, I care about them, I'm praying for them if I can help them to let me know, to let them know that there's still people that are real, that care, that are trying to help. And this came from Adam and it came from David. They fell, look and see how they handled it. It's a natural thing when we fall to cover it to hide it, to lie about it, to get away from God. That's part of the restoration. Just like uh, when somebody loses a loved one, they have the stages of um, a loss, uh, that grief they go through, that process. Same thing when someone falls, okay? Don't use that as an excuse. Well, they're not repentant, so I don't have to help them. You're not gonna find that in the Bible. You start helping them right away in meekness and love and care. Uh, Very, very helpful. The attitude toward the man of God, people mock that and joke that, but you better not. Uh, The children did, uh, and the she-bears came out and destroyed them. There is an attitude that we should have toward the man of God of honor and respect, not because they're big shot or they're important, but because for the work's sake. Listen to that and see if you um, don't see that. Then I did uh, this one, encouragement and helpful to pastors, a little truth God gave me 30 years ago, Call I lost my job. If you know a pastor that's discouraged or struggling or went through a tough time, send him that. It would be an encouragement to him. Then we started on Calvinism. We did first one, why we disagree with all five points. And now we're doing one on each of the um, five points of Calvinism individually. In fact, uh, one we're on now, we've taken two parts to get through all of that one. Uh, but very, very important, it's a message up doctrine that people are falling for, and they're not, again, looking at the Bible. They're not getting sound doctrine. They're hearing a few snippets or partial verses, and okay, yep, that's it, and it's not it. All right, we did one on easy believism before, but this thing came out called empty believism. What in the world is empty believism? And um, I believe just nailed it, um, and to say, you either believe or you don't. You're either pregnant or you're not. Oh, they're really pregnant. <laughs> you know, They may be farther along in their pregnancy, but you're either pregnant or you're not. You either have believed on the Lord. Jesus Christ, or you have not. And uh, it's amazing. We look at the fruit to judge. Oh, yeah, they're not living right. They're not saved. Show me that from the Bible. I can show you people in the Bible that did almost everything that any uh, unsaved person did, and they were saved. Um, They're still the old nature and still the flesh. So, empty believism. Uh, Listen, that'll be a help. And then the blessing and curse of sex. And uh, there's a reason why this came out. You'll see that. I'm not going to talk about it now. But There's a blessing of sex that God gave to marriage, one man, one woman for life. God made it that way and God made it for pleasure. Uh, There's one of the books we use called Intended for Pleasure. God made it that way, we didn't, um, but it's intended one man, one woman for life. That's a blessing of it. The the curse of it, there's a temptation. Look at all the sexual sins mentioned in the Bible. I went through a list, 10 or 11 different sexual sins that God mentioned, why? Because God knew we're gonna struggle with that. God knew there would be the temptation. Look at the people in the Bible. Look at the best people in the Bible and see, oh, they blew it, and they blew it, and they blew it. Okay? It happens. There's a blessing and a curse. So enjoy the blessing of it. Keep that right. Beware of the curse of it. Do not fall into temptation. Um, And that's the problem. It's not some gigantic movement thing. It's called human nature and it's called sin. And then the last one up to this point was how not to become an atheist and not to become an atheist. Um, This guy, sincere guy, as far as I can tell, grew up independent, fundamental, King James Bible believing Baptist and his church didn't have something right. So he left Independent Baptist. He went to a more liberal uh, woke church and then they didn't handle things right. Their pastor messed up. So then he stopped church altogether. And then he only did all these interviews listening to all these people that went through a really tough time and now he's an atheist. <laughs> Listen, you, you don't look at people. I didn't become a Christian because of people. I became a Christian because of Christ, what he did for me, okay? Um, and if every Christian in the world blows it, guess what? I'm still going to become a Christian because I'm a Christian because of what Jesus did, not because of Christians. I, I don't get my eyes on Christians and see when they fall and stop being a Christian. I keep my eyes on Christ and what he did. Very, very important. They can be very helpful. Then we did some interviews. Now, the interviews are sparse in here, so I went through the topics from the, when we started all the way through. Now I'm going to go through the interviews we did all the way through. It'll be quick. Uh, we did one with Jeff Smale uh, on the pastor, the role of a pastor. It's many times so misunderstood uh, what a pastor is. And Bruce Miller, uh, Baptist distinctive very important. There are things we believe as Baptists that no group, no group believes those things. So uh, Evangelist Chris a great guy, a friend. Uh, he's a 35 year friend. He knew me, one of the very few people that knew me before I surrendered to preach. He was in a tour group and came to the church my parents were going to and we met then. And a couple weeks later I surrendered to preach. Uh, great guy, i been friends ever since. Uh, Dr. Bob Grace, soul winning. Boy, what an important thing. Evangelist Todd Monaghan, former mixed martial arts uh, fighter in the, um, in the TV show, The Ultimate Fighter. Great guy, great friend. He does a jail revival for us every year in a mixed martial arts camp. And uh, you ought to have him and check on him and listen to that. Um, John Wilkerson, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. We did a podcast together, and that was fun. Dr. S.M. Davis, twice. Uh, we've done one so far and really good. Great stuff on the family and home and leadership and counsel and anger. Great, great stuff. Topical, biblical, will change your life. Then we did uh, two with uh, missionary Nick Malugi to uh, Bulgaria. Incredible what they've done in getting out the gospel in that country. Uh, Dave Maskey, missionary to Nigeria, almost 30 years, I believe. I mean, incredible guy. And um, Pastor Guy Beaumont. You had Pastor Guy Beaumont on? We did. (laughs) And lived to tell about it. So uh, he's a great guy and a friend. I'd love to uh, give him our time. We went to college different years, but just following him online, everything man, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. And you know, we're independent, so we disagree on things. But And then there's nuances, tweaks, and all the things we believe. Like, man, he believes everything. So we've had him a couple of times on. He does a great job. I think you will enjoy those. Dr. Paul Kingsbury, co-founder of Reformers of great guy, great friend, um, starting a ministry called Restoration Care Ministries. You'll hear more about that. I had him on for that. Missionary Roy Bell went to Halls Anderson, I think a semester and got kicked out. Um, he was, uh, had a messed up life before and a messed up life afterwards and had a life sentence in prison and God let him out. He got saved, um, turned his life around, served God. He was a pastor inside of the prison and uh, now he's out and doing a great ministry, helping people, I enjoyed that. Missionary Chris Murray, God put us together with three different missionaries in a row that were helping the national pastors. And I believe a key to reaching the world is. Going going to be teaching and training and helping equip those national pastors with what they need. Powerful things. Sincere guys. And uh, Chris Murray, Tim Pledger, and Greg Ogle all have ministries to national pastors. And uh, I think we ought to support that a lot. U.S. missionaries is tough. Most of them don't make it, don't make it very long. We ought to support every good one that we can, but at the same time, looking, what is the best way to support national pastors who believe right? You don't want to, I've seen or heard stories where a guy has uh, his church, and in the outbuilding behind his church, he has all the different signs, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, and whatever group comes, they put that sign up to get money from them, okay? I'm sure there's a few scams out there like that. But the sincere, real guys that have been trained well, who are doing a good work, if we can get behind them and support them, I think we could do a lot more for God. Okay? Then we had two um, older men. I would call them great men of the faith. uh, Dr. Tom Wallace, 70 plus years in the ministry. 70 plus years. And Dr. Tom Neal uh, did interviews with those guys, and that was great. Then uh, lately, not very long ago, and this is getting a lot of play out there, I did an interview with Dave Howes about Linda Howes Murphy, a younger sister. She did a um, TED talk. And I listened to it and was just so furious because if you know anything about the family, of the church, you know lie, 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 logical. You understand that can't be true. Jack Howell did not own half of Hammond, okay? And uh, he was not a multi-millionaire. You will enjoy this. You will learn some insights in this. And I didn't know that were really, really good and helpful. I encourage you to listen to that. And then Tim Peterson, my son-in-law, we did one of him starting a church in California. And uh, they're doing a great job and boy, we need new churches all over, especially California. Uh, The problem is with him is they took our seven grandchildren out there. Can you believe that? I said, fine, go, just like Pharaoh, (laughs) leave the kids. And they didn't. Uh, But anyway, we love them. We've been out there once, getting ready to go see them again and uh, doing a great job. We need good, strong uh, pastors to start churches and uh, to take churches and do a good work. So that's where we're at so far. So, uh, quote, year in review. Um, Any of those topics, uh, I didn't give you the number on them because it's hard to go back and find that, but you just scroll through, you'll see them and uh, listen to the ones that uh, you would find interesting, the topics, I believe they'll be helpful. If there's a topic that you think we ought to do a podcast on, feel free, email me, thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com. If you disagree with something, feel free, uh, message me there. And if I can clarify it or help or may teach something on it, I won't be mean, I won't blast you, I won't out you, I won't uh, call you names, okay? Um, Honestly, Brother House said it, critics are your best friends. They'll tell you things that your other people won't. And so it doesn't bother me at all to get criticism um, there. I'll take it honestly. Man, that's true. Yep, we need to explain that better. Or, oh, I was, I was off on that one, and that happens. Uh, or uh, there's a topic that we need to work on that we haven't. So feel free to let us know. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, listen to this. I hope it was a help, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless and take care. Thank you for
0: listening to The Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.